everybody. Welcome back to the City Boy Rock Podcast. You are listening to episode 107. This week, we're going to be breaking down all of the action in the NBA playoffs for round one and predicting the rest of the series. Um, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Are the Nets in trouble? Is Devin Booker's injury really that detrimental to the Sun's success? And are the Warriors unstoppable? We're going to talk about all that on this episode. Everybody, how y'all doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I know Kenny not doing too hot, bro. You don't even need to lie, man. It's okay. Katie and Kyrie, uh, they're kind of booty cheeks right now, down the trenches. The Nets are down the trenches. The Hawks are down 0-2. Not looking too good for Kenny right now, but uh, give, it, give it time. Give it time. Give it time. Exactly. Give it time. Uh, we haven't talked to you guys in a minute. Playoffs have officially started in the NBA. Playing games happening and everything. Um, and the first round is about halfway through. We have a lot of expected teams that are just dominating, like the Warriors up 3-0 right now. Uh, we got the um, Miami Heat up 2-0, I believe. We got the 76ers currently up 3-0 right now. So there's some teams are showing off right now, and some teams are a little bit disappointing. Um, we had the greatest seven seed of all time. That's the first thing we got to talk about, the Brooklyn Nets. I expected more from them, I'm not going to lie. Um, I will say the first in game one, they should have won the right on 0-2 to the Boston Celtics, but the series could easily be one-to-one. Kyrie, like, showed up in the first game. Katie wasn't really there. I mean, he had a, a quiet 23, I believe, in the game one. And then game two, I mean, they blew it. Simple as that. They were up early in the game. They were up all the way until, I, I believe, the fourth quarter, midway mm-hmm. through the fourth quarter, and um, they just went ice cold from the floor. And it's not even like, I mean, you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the same team, on the floor together, and there's just ball movement. It's either KD or Kyrie gets an ISO, might makes a play. That game plan doesn't work. I don't know what – I mean, I'm not going to blame Steve Nash here because I'm pretty sure it's Kyrie, Kyrie Irving saying we don't need a coach or whatever. So they said, okay, if you guys are so good, go make a shot. And he couldn't. This is looking very bad. If the, if the Nets go down like this – I think they'll win a few games. I think they'll win a couple games at home, but Robert Williams is coming back, I believe, game three. And I just don't see a way the Nets can overcome this deficit. Um, I mean, we saw what happened to Kyrie and, and uh, TD Garden. Game one, he was he was fighting back with the fans. And game two, my man's had 10 points. So I don't know if this same energy um, of uh, Kyrie's going to come back. We don't know what kind of Kyrie we're going to expect. But, I mean, it's looking a little rough. Uh, I will say this: if if the Nets end up losing the series, it's this Nets experiment. It's over, bro. It's a failure. We have to admit it's a failure. I mean, what is it? This is the third year, third season, mm-hmm. second healthy they, season, second healthy season. And what have they accomplished, man? Um, I think was it two first round exits? No, second round and then second round. Oh yes, oh yeah, against the Bucks last year and then. This year, it'd be a first round. So I, I think at that point, it's just time to blow it up, man. It's um, it's a little sad. I want to see Ben Simmons out there. I think Ben Simmons will change the, the dynamic of the series. But what, what can he change if they're down 3-0, you know? Uh, so this game three coming up is a must win. It's in Brooklyn. I think KD will show off. I think Kyrie will, will come to play. I think they'll both have 35 points a piece, and they'll squeak out a victory. And then when Ben Simmons comes back in game four, um, it's back on, but Robert Williams is also there, one of the Celtics' best defenders. So I just don't see um, 
I don't. I just don't know if the Nets can overcome this, bro. Because I've seen the way the Celtics are playing defense on Kevin Durant, and it's probably the best defense I've seen any team ever play on Kevin Durant. I, I hope he can step up to the plate and uh, show up in Game Three because it is a must, must win for them. Um, yeah. Kenny, the floor is yours, man. He's your guy. <clears throat> so we saw how that game one ended. You know, that last second spin by Jason Tatum. Who's going in? Like, that, that, that's on Katie and Kai. They both fell asleep on that play. He got to the rack easy. Second game, they survived also game. They were in complete control of the whole first half. Katie is the best player in the world. You could not go over 10 in the second half in the playoffs game. Especially, you needed to win at least one of these games where Robert Williams is not going to be in. And y'all failed to do that. And that's disappointing. That being said, I have no reservations about the state of this next team. I believe it's only the first healthy season. Because last year, Kyrie got hurt and Harden was hobbled. And the year before that was the first, uh, what's it called? Katie was out the right? whole season, yeah. Yeah, so this is the first healthy season. So, I mean, I still have no reservations. I think Ben Simmons returning is a major, major upgrade for them. Defensive issues, you know, spreading the ball out more. I think once you have Ben Simmons on that floor, you can play more of a half-court Kind of set. We're not just giving the ball to Katie and Kyrie and tell them to go to work. You don't give the ball to Ben Simmons. He's going to be a floor general and get everyone involved as much more as they should be. Um, so the series is far from over. It's only two up. We've seen three one leads being blown. Uh, if they lose game three, I'm going to say right now, I would not be surprised if the Mets win four three. Wow. And it's not, it's not ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. If, any not, team, if any team can come back from 3 0, it would be this Nets team right here, man. Yeah. It's not, it's not ridiculous to say that. But yeah, like you said, game three is a must win. Uh, if you want to put that pressure on yourself. And we've seen KD bounce back in tremendous games in tremendous fashion as well. He didn't do it last night. He didn't do it in game one. But I think game three, we're going to turn up. Uh, like you said, 35 plus points to go to them. Katie and Kyrie in a dub. I mean, this this man, KD, is supposed to be the greatest scorer, the most skilled scorer. This is supposed to be the most skilled duo. Like, there and was all this hype coming and, in. And, all, first, before you finish what I say, Michael Jordan also went on 11 in the playoff game in the second half. So, it happens to everybody, bro. Michael yeah, Jordan, I know. I know it happens to everyone. But, yeah. um... This is supposed to be like Tracy McGrady. The day before that game was like, "Yo, they're more skilled than uh, they're a more skilled duo than um, uh, LeBron and D Wade." This and that. There's so much hype surrounding these guys, and they just fell flat on their faces in Game Two. There's nothing else I can say about it. Um, just like I don't know this team. Like I thought they were gonna win this series, and um, I'm very skeptical now. Um, they don't look together offensively. Um, I thought Dragic, Brown, um, Seth Curry played really great first halves, but they're role players for a reason. They're going to keep you in the game. They can give you a lead. Like, they they can contribute when they need to, but um, your stars got to take you home, and they just did not do that. 17-point lead in the second quarter, and they just absolutely blew it. And um, – this is some of the greatest defense I've ever seen on KD, but um, KD, you can't be 0-10 in the second half, man. And he's just, like, losing the ball from the start of the series, game one. He had, like, four turnovers in the first quarter of game one. 
um, just getting stripped and they're they're playing really physical with him. And I think you against a guy like Katie, who's pretty slender, does not look like he uh, go is a weight room warrior. And um, I think you can push him around um, and they're doing that. And obviously he's a really tall dude. So his handle, like it's impossible for his handle to be super tight. So they're stripping him. They're making it hard for him to dribble, taking him off his spot. And I got to give credit to Jason Tatum, man. This man is a fuck. Uh, oh, oops. A superstar. Um, he's playing like one. I, right now, I think he's playing like the best uh, player in the series. And he's showing the world that he is up there with, all the like superstars in the league, I think. Um, I, I've always been high on him. I think Kenny has always been high on him. Obviously, he's from Duke. So uh, he's really showing out. Got to give him a lot of credit. Him and Jalen Brown, even though they weren't shooting well, um, they just kept fighting. And they are, like, swarming KD. And then, obviously, Marcus Smart, um, he held his own against Kyrie. Pritchard came off the bench, played really well. Um, Pritchard, I just played looked, KD, bro. That's so sad. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like, I mean – this is supposed to be one of the greatest duels ever. And um, they, I think they can, I like, if there's any two guys that I think can overcome this, it's these two guys, like they've had great playoff moments, but if they don't get past the Celtics this first round, man, I don't know, man. I think KD is going to be really missing golden state because it mm. feels like it's just mirroring what was going on. In OKC. Um it was two guys mainly after Harden left that were prime, like the primary scorers. And like, you were, you like, you were happy. Like it was, it didn't happen all the time where the role players would show up. Like you, they needed to be on point for them to go far in the playoffs. And it feels like it's the same with this team. Um, and um, obviously KD left because of that. And he went to the Warriors and they play like a, style like movement style like it's not one-on-one -on -one all the time everyone's moving obviously Steph garnering so much attention gave Katie a lot of open shots now he's just had to like he's getting the ball like it's so hard for him to get the ball like they're denying him the ball like they're all over him and um I just feel like Steve Nash like you got to do something to free it up like it can't be just okay Katie's gonna be on the elbow and they're trying to get a pass to him with two guys all over him he has to work so hard to get um, every single shot, and I feel like even when he's open, like he had two good looks in the fourth quarter, he just it just speeds up his whole process. And um, he's like he's like like looking around to see if there's some guy coming from the side or from the back. Like it's it's really hard for him to get a shot right now. And so hopefully um, these two guys can figure something out, uh, and Steve Nash can do something to get these guys like in better spots. Because right now, it's literally, like, I've never seen such a clunky offense with two great players like this. Like, it was so hard to watch. Like, I've never seen anything like it, um, like we saw on uh, game two. And um, it was just unfortunate to see both of them just, it just, they didn't show up. They couldn't, the role players did their part. And um, another thing these lineups with three guards at the end of games, the Celtics are just killing it, bro. Dragic, Patty Mills, and um, Kyrie cannot be on the same cannot be on the floor at the same time at the end of games because they're just hunting. Because then it ends up being like Seth Curry also like they're just hunting these small guys, and obviously Boston's much bigger like at each position. So uh, they're just hunting these matchups and getting easy buckets. Like there's no resistance at all from the defense. So I think they need to figure out um, better lineups. Like 
I think they should throw in Aldridge or something. Um, and uh, they, I think they really got to make some adjustments if they want to win because the way they're doing it, just playing one-on-one is not going to work. Yeah, gut feeling, though. I think the Nets are going to win this series in six, man. I don't know six? why. Six? Yeah, they're going to go four in a row, bro. This has happened before. And I think Katie and Kyrie can are going to be the ones to pull it off. If wow. they can win, if they win tonight, they're winning four in a row. But I don't know why I feel like that. But I just, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. And it's not ridiculous to say that. It's I not really crazy. It's, pretty, it's not. There's nothing. It's pretty crazy, crazy, bro. Considering I don't know. Be, it would be playing. crazier for the Nets to get swept at this point, even though they're down two zero, than for them to win four straight. Mm-hmm. That's how I mm-hmm. feel. That's how I think too. I really it's also true good. that Katie hasn't played well at all, and they've still like been in striking. They're not. They're not getting so. blown out the water in these games. Yeah. They're they're staying competitive. And game one, who they easily could have won. They easily could have won game game one. Um, and the fact that they're down 0-2, it's a bit surprising to everybody. And I think if anything, this year should be tied one one heading into Barclays, and it would be a totally different story if Jason Tatum didn't hit that buzzer beater in game mm-hmm. one. But uh, okay. here we are, though. Game game three on the line. Moving on, though, we got talk. I really think that's why I say I really, do, I really think that Ben Simmons' addition is really gonna make a very big shift in momentum in this series. That's, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If I'm the Celtics, as soon as he comes in the game, I'm putting him on the free throw line. <laughs> I'm putting him on a free throw line, especially if they go back to a game five in Boston. Like, I want to see how this dude performs in a hostile environment because uh, we haven't seen this man play since. June of last year. So I don't think we can expect too much from him. Go ahead. All right. Now heading out west, we got the one versus eight matchup between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, after game one, I was – the Pelicans are a good team. Like I said, young. Uh, and I – well, I think all of us were in agreement. We said, yep, they're just getting overmatched. It's a way that they can keep up with the Suns. Uh, the Suns are just way too good. Game two comes around and – the Suns and the Pelicans were in a very tight tight game. Uh, Devin Booker goes down, and that changed the entire dynamic. Brandon Ingram takes over. CJ McCollum takes over. And now we're looking at uh, another situation. I think uh, Devin Booker is dealing with a I – w- I believe it was a grade one hamstring. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think he's coming back this series. He's probably not going to be back this series. Uh, and this Pelicans team, listen, they are uh, – 25 pounds and Williamson away from being a championship contender. I'm not, it's not crazy to say that. CJ McComb, if he's a third option on this team, that's disgusting. Um, but we're talking about a team without Zion right now. Brandon Ingram has stepped up to the plate. I had my doubts about him in the past. I still think Kyle Kuzma, sorry, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I had my doubts about Brandon Ingram in the past. I mean, he didn't show up in game one. Game two, he stepped up to the plate. They got two games at home in New Orleans, no Devin Booker. I legitimately, if they can either win both these games or split one one heading to game five, they could probably pull off a game five victory in Phoenix. I just don't see the Suns being able to keep up with these two dudes. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum can both give you 30. Um, and it's not crazy. Valentunas is going crazy on the boards. DeAndre Aiden hasn't shown up that much in this series. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot more touches without D Book. Um, I think they play tonight. But I, you know, I, I think the Suns, these role players got to step up to the plate. Miles um, Bridges has, or Mikel Bridges has been stepping up to the plate. Camp Johnson, he got to hit some big threes. Campaign needs to step up like he was last season. 
Uh, I got to see that more because yeah. the Suns, they need these role players coming in now because Devin Booker, that's 25 points off the board. And you got to get somebody to make it up. Um, CP3 can only do so much. He's like, what, 38, 39? You need, you need somebody to keep up in scoring with Ingram and McComb. I think that's the, that's the biggest factor coming up these next two games. If the Suns can do that, they are – if they can somehow beat these Pelicans, they're a pesky Pelicans team. They're not going to give up. If the if the Suns can somehow show that they don't need Devin Booker and still whoop these Pelicans, then uh, we would be very scared of them. But right now, I think the Suns are an injury away from uh, falling short again this season. So uh, yeah, I think I think the Suns still gonna pull it off in like six or seven. But without Devin Booker, is a huge huge loss. Yeah, I think Booker was definitely a huge loss. But I didn't like the play- way they were playing prior to it, especially defensively. Like, Booker had that huge second quarter in that game, and the Pelicans just kept making shots. Like, they kept it close, and that was when I was like, oh, shoot. Like, this team is, like, really, really gritty. Like, they are you are stopping Brandon Ingram? That dude is, like, a KD clone, bro, 6'11". Like, that dude yeah, is like, he's just shooting over dudes, and I got to give him credit, too. We, both of us had our doubts, Vincent, but a 37 mm-hmm. in a playoff game against the number one seed. Props to you, mm-hmm. Brandon Ingram. Um. But yeah, him and CJ. Yo, I still I think, mean, I still think uh, Kyle Kuzma. He didn't he hit a game winner in the was it the conference finals? All right, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, crazy. exactly. Exactly <laughs> in the bubble. But continue, continue. But yeah, I mean, like they're uh, both of these guys can get buckets. Um, I think they've they've really had trouble um, stopping um, like both of them at the same time. Like we had CJ, uh, he got going in game one, and then obviously Ingram had got it going in game two working through an ankle injury he also is dealing with some hamstring stuff so very gritty performance on that end but I really like um these Pelicans all these young guys they're really stepping up Trey Murphy's been making a lot of threes like he he played well in the playing game too against the Clippers um they got three rookies that they're playing and they're keeping up with this number one seed like Chris Paul had to pull like a pretty uh legendary performance out of his bag um in that last game in the first game in the fourth quarter um, so, uh, I think this, the Suns really need a lock-in defensively. Um, the transition defense was not good last game, so they just need a lock-in. Um, this is, like, they, I felt like they were playing like they already got to the final. Like, like they're just looking forward to the finals, uh, the first two games defensively especially. So, I think they got a lock-in. I think Aiden has to really, like, channel that I'm going against AD from last year, um, DeAndre Aiden, because uh, – he just needs to be more aggressive with no Booker there. I think everyone needs to step up, but he's the key factor because um, when he's locked in, he is one of the best centers in the league, I think. Um, the first game, he was getting all these blocks. He played really well. Second game, Valanciunas outplayed him completely. So uh, he really needs to step up because they need him now uh, to, to get that to get easy buckets because Booker, I mean, he's, he's a pure scorer. Um, and when you lose that, the other guys have to step up. I think Bridges has to step up. Um, Cam Johnson needs to be more aggressive shooting those threes. And Campaign, who has not played well since Chris Paul came back, he he needs to play like he was playing last year or else they could be in trouble because if the uh, Pelicans can get a split, I think they're going to have enough confidence to go in there in game five and possibly beat the Suns. Um, but I'm trusting Chris Paul. I'm trusting the whole coaching staff, the whole roster that has been through a lot in the past two years. And they're obviously – been able to play through injuries in the regular season, but this is a playoff, so uh, 
I think there's a decent amount of pressure on Chris Paul and Aiden to step up and uh, beat this team. I think they will in probably six or seven, but um, this Pelicans team is definitely not a pushover. And if they had Zion with the way all these guys are playing, it would be very, very scary. Um, and Willie Green, props to him. He's, as a first-year coach, done an amazing job and looks like they're really playing for him. Yeah, this, Pel- this Pelicans team, they're different. They're tough. Um, you know, they started off, like, 1-11 to be in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. You know, and they turned it around, made the playing game, won- beat the Clippers and know what we're expecting them to do. Uh, this this Pelicans team, if the Zion's playing, they're low-key, low-key or super team. And once again, it's not ridiculous to say that. Brandon Ingram. That was a crazy game. 37-11 and 9 in a playoff mm-hmm. game. Crazy numbers. You know, I've been big on this dude since he was drafted, since the college days. And Lakers, Lakers try to ruin him. Yeah, Lakers, Lakers can't develop players. We know this. Yeah. We know this. But, yeah, this is that's, these two guys, both two guys who can create their own shot with the addition of their young guy stepping up. Trey Murphy stepping up with 14 last game. Uh, Herb Jones, best, one yes. of the best players in the league. Crazy. Crazy hustle. They, they have guys for everything. And the Jose Alvarado, man. Jose Alvarado. Jose Alvarado. They have guys who are going up there and, and doing well. Um, that being said, I still think the as of right now, we don't, with no Zion, I still think the Suns are too much for them. I think once, you know, McCallum Bridges finds a shot, the campaign gets going. I think when the team is on, even without D-Book, they're, yeah, they're not gonna lose. Mm-hmm. They've been through a lot of adversity last year. They're built for this moment. You know, all those experiences coming together for now. They know how to fight through this. Chris Paul's experience. I still, like I was saying the other day, this is D book scene, but right now, CP3 gonna have to take over everything right now. And he's probably, yeah. I would say, top three, maybe even number one smartest player in the league all time. So, you got to go out there and prove legacy. This is a series to do it right now. By himself, no D-Book. Aiden has got to step up. If he wants that, he wants that money, he cannot be putting up 10 points to a playoff game with no D-Book in the second half. He's excellent. He be through, he's he going to be good performance. It depends on how Aiden's going to play against Valentinus, bro. Mm-hmm. We need to see an aggressive Aiden if this Yeah. Because there are six going out like this. He's mm-hmm. capable of doing it. He's very capable yeah, of doing it. He is capable. Starting game win. Starting game I, one. He's, I he's, gonna paid, he's gonna get paid, bro. But you know, ten points, nine rebounds, and that's just unacceptable. On six shots, you're taking six shots. Yeah. Uh, I think Aiden step a good play, bro. Yeah, but that, on, that's a, he has like the AD syndrome. Like he just has games where he just like, yeah, like I'm just here, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know. But I yeah, think but play. I think today these next two games he's definitely gonna step up in New Orleans. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I think Monty Williams gonna go back to the tape, see what's going on. That's this coach of you right there. So mm-hmm. I think he'll they'll figure it out. I think game three is a sun victory and they'll roll from there until the people come back. All right. Moving on, uh we're gonna stay out west. We gotta talk about the Warriors. They are back. They're full oh my god. I, I listen, we all knew the Warriors were nice. I didn't expect this from Jordan Poole, bro. I thought he would be a reliable third or fourth option, but sometimes it looking like he's the first option on his team. Last night, I was watching it. Um, he was talking to Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Draymond. He's been on that team for 10 years, bro. 
he's the one, he's three years into the league, and he was telling them, he said, yo, just keep your head up, or we're fine, we're fine. And then he comes out and pulls the craziest layup i ever seen in my life. Um, Jordan Poole has made a name for himself. I believe he's going to get paid either this season or next next season. This Warriors, this Warriors death line up their back. Uh, that that PTSD plus Andrew Wiggins, I mean, it's just they're unstoppable. They're looking unstoppable. I don't want to use this recency bias, but they do have Steph, they do have Clay. And Jordan Poole is like uh, a godsend for them. This dude is step up to the plate. He's third year in the league and he's getting buckets. And if the Warriors can keep this up for the um oh PTSD that's what it is. Okay. Um if the Warriors can keep this up throughout the playoffs, man, I just don't see that. I mean, they're beating the Nuggets like it's nothing. Last night, I felt like sometimes they were even toying with them. They let Jokic they had a stretch where I think the Nuggets shot 10 free throws in a row and the Warriors just came back and got a bucket like it was nothing. I think uh I feel bad for Nikola Jokic dropping 38 and 15 and still losing. But uh yeah, this Warriors team out for blood. I think they heard all the doubters the past two seasons or the past few seasons. Oh, you can't win without KD, you can't do this, you can't do that. They gonna I'm um, trust me, bro. <laughs> this team is scary, bro. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't think they're they're very scary. It'll be a sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's looking like it. Um, I think Vegas has figured out how scary the Warriors are because I think they're number one in the Western Conference odds now um, over the Suns, or it might be tied with the Suns at number one, which is pretty crazy because I think a lot of people were like, okay, it's going to be the Suns Conference. Like, they weren't sure about Steph's health and just, like, if the Warriors could put put it together in time. But it looks like they are. I mean, Steph coming off the bench, what superstar is going to do that, man? And he's just completely okay with it. He's coming in, getting his buckets. Exactly. Like, you got to, like, let go of your ego sometimes. And um, Steph, I mean, I think he's shown throughout. Like, he's one of the best superstars to ever play with. Um, One of the best teammates ever. And, um, yeah, I thought Jordan Poole was nice. But I didn't think it would be this this good this early. Like, all these young guys are really showing out this year in the playoffs. Like, we got Herb Jones. Um, we got a lot of other rookies, Trey Murphy, obviously, like we mentioned before, um, Ant, like there are a lot of young guys who are showing up and it's nice to see. Um, but yeah, I think they're looking really scary. It's a horrible matchup for Denver because they're just running Jokic around on defense and he looks gassed. And, um, I think yesterday was their best shot to win. Um, in the fourth quarter, it was all Jokic. Um, nobody else could really make a shot. And I think that's the story of the Nuggets. They just don't have enough shot makers. And a team like the Warriors is going to take advantage of that. Draymond with the huge defensive play at the end of the game. Um, I mean, he's always said, like, I'm the best defensive player in the world. Like, I don't care. Like, how am I going to – like, how am I not going to have that mentality and go out there and be a great defensive player? And, like, I respect that. Um, made, made a great play on Jokic. He was, he was tracking the ball the whole time, and he made that great play. Um, but I think the play that really hurt the Nuggets yesterday was when I don't I forgot who took the shot, but there are four Nuggets around, and Andrew Wiggins flies in for a rebound, and that led to that crazy Jordan Poole layup, and then obviously Wiggins hit a big corner three um, after missing one a play earlier. Um, so I think they're all they're all firing on all cylinders. Iggy, I mean, he came out of nowhere with that dunk. I did not know he had that in him still. Um, so I think. They have the pieces, they have the guys who are experienced, and they have the young and upcoming guys. Like Gary Payton hit three threes yesterday. Um, I think they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of things they can do with their lineup. The only 
concern I have is the size. Like if you're going into Aiden with a healthy Booker, that could be a bit of a tougher matchup because he's able to switch and stuff too defensively, unlike Jokic. So um, it's it's going to be interesting. I think they're very scary. Like this is like when they were making that run in game two, it reminded me of the old like Warrior Avalanches and it was just great to see them all back. I, I'm so happy for Clay. Been playing really well. Had 26 yesterday. Um, but, yeah, I think they're very scary. And uh, it's not going to be an easy road for the Suns anymore. Not as easy as people may have thought. This new parent, this new uh, Splash, Splash Brothers. I don't know what to call them, bro. Just call Super them Splash, Splash Brothers at this, at this the Splash, point. The Splash triplets. Because Jordan Poole is on one this, this year. He's definitely taking that leap. Splash he, you said what? I said it's yeah, but Splash Family now, bro. The Splash, Splash Family. Family. It's crazy. You have – and the crazy thing is this lineup does not work. You know, Poole, Clay, and Steph all out there at the same time did not work without Draymond. Draymond is the ultimate yeah. – he's the ultimate glue guy, glue guy in the league. Um, he just – he, you know, he'll play the defense. We saw that pick that pickpocket of Jokic end of the game. Um, he'll, he'll make the right pass, the, the right reads. He is – honestly, I – could say the greatest guy in NBA history. Yeah, that's facts. Because he has that playmaking element that, like, yeah. Rodman didn't have. Yeah, like, he does everything. You don't need, and you don't need to score. Which is why. Simmons can easily do that, but I don't know. But, yeah, he's the greatest of all time at being a glue guy, and we're seeing it right now. This is a Warriors of old. It just replaced with Jordan Poole, a new component. Um, this Nuggets team is not matched up with them well at all. The lack of Jamal Murray, the lack of Michael Porter Jr. Uh, it's just hard for Jokic to shoulder all on his own. Um, they really don't have anyone else going to go out there and create their own bucket. You know, Aaron Gordon's not going to do that. Uh, Monte Morris is not going to do that. But Busy's young. Um, they're young. They're benching out that gift. They have no one else. So, honestly, this is going to be your sweep. I mean, the next year they can turn it around and, you know, get revenge. But I should write down this, this Warriors team, which is scary. Yeah. Um, real, real scary. Yeah, staying out west, we gotta talk about a team. Pretty, pretty sorry. Um, the Utah Jazz. They are <laughs> they're currently down two to one to not Luca and the Mavs, Jalen Brunson and the Mavs. Uh, he's been going stupid, but I don't want to spend too much time on this series. Uh, once Luca comes back, which I believe he comes back this next upcoming game, that's gonna be four to one. Um. Bear and Mitchell experiment, it's over, bro. Just blow that whole thing up. This is this is disgraceful. The the Jazz are just a disgraceful franchise. I mean, they get everybody's hopes up every single season. You know, I expected because Luca was out, they're gonna be a third round or they're gonna be a second round exit, but it looks like they're not even gonna get there this year. Um, it's it's looking pretty pathetic. D Mitch needs to leave. He should ask for his way out. Not gonna win anything in Utah. We've seen the same story for the past four or three or four seasons. Um, and I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of seeing the Jazz in the playoffs, knowing that they're not going to do anything crazy. Uh, this whole team, this whole experiment, just blow the entire thing up. There's no point of even having a team in Utah, man. Move them out of Utah. We don't want to see this anymore. Uh, yeah, this this is embarrassing. And when Luca comes back, he's gonna he's gonna put them put the nail in the coffin, and the Jazz season is gonna be over. So yeah, that's all I need to say about that. Yeah, um, one of these two guys has got to go. I think they could honestly explore getting rid of both, but I think there's a good chance that Mitchell leaves and Gobert stays. 
Um, this team is just broken. I think um, yesterday they were down by like 17 and they took a Gobert had to be taken out with four fouls and they made a run playing small ball with Pasca, pa, Pascal at center and their offense, like it was wide open. Mitchell was able to get to the rim. Um, they were playing better defense because they were able to just switch everything. And um, they didn't have that conundrum with Gobert having to help their terrible guards um, at the rim defending and the corner will be open. Um, but Quinn Snyder, for some reason, didn't want to stick with it. They cut it to like four or six or something. And then um, he put Gobert back in and the offense got real stagnant again and the game was over. Uh, Brunson was just is just taking these guards to task, whether it's Mitchell, whether even if it's Royce O'Neal, who just had a terrible game yesterday. Um, and Mike Conley, just taking all of them to task. Um, and he's playing really well. I've always liked him. He's one of the most unique guards in the league. Villanova guys always know how to play. Dogs. Um, because dogs. Yeah, they're all dogs, man. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this team needs to blow it up. Um, it clearly does not work. Um, it just can't with the way that these players are. Like, it just can't work. And, um, I, yeah, I'm tired of it, too. Like, we know what's going to happen when the Chargers go to the playoffs. They're going to disappoint. And it looks like it's going to be another disappointment again. Do I even need to say much? Honestly, the Jazz are the GOAT. They're the GOATs. The GOAT pretenders, bro. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, I don't think Gobert is a second. He should not be a second. They should not pay him $200 million. Um, him as your co-star, I don't, I don't like that, you know. He, he is probably the best paint defender in the league, but when you have to rotate him, it hinders everything. And he's a, he's provided no space to the team at all. So it's kind of easy to fade him out. I would say his paint defending for like a DeAndre Aiden, bro, for less money. Like, I, I would rather take the offense. Mm-hmm. It's a boring league after all. Like, it doesn't make mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And he, he, like, sometimes he's just a liability on offense, man. Like, as soon as they put him in yesterday after their run, D-Mitch is just driving into traffic, tries to get it to him. He can't handle the ball, and it's, like, a turnover. So, like, just it just doesn't work on this team, like, the way this team's built. And I'll tell you right now, being an offensive liability is a lot worse than being a defensive liability in this today's league. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think they got to get rid of it all, both of them. Get rid of both of them. I don't even know what team's going to take Gobe with a $200 million contract. Cause I definitely wouldn't do that, but I don't know. They got it. It's done. Yeah. It's over. Uh, I think even if they win the series, which I don't think they will, they're gonna get beat by whoever they play in the next round. They're gonna get just yeah, it's... Warriors or are they playing the Suns? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Moving on now, staying out west, we got to talk about the group and the Timberwolves. Probably the most entertaining series thus far. Uh, last night, I think we saw the, the Timberwolves' true colors. They're up by twenty-five. Not once, but twice in the same game, bro. And they blew both leads in the same. How do you blow twenty-five point leads in the same game? Um, Carlton Towns talking about, oh, we in Minnesota now. Like that ever meant anything? Like everybody's oh my god. he was talking about that. Um, after game one, people were really talking about Timberwolves. Like there were some like serious contenders, bro. Like, come on, man. I, like, like, are you? The Timberwolves are a good young team. They're not beating this Grizzlies team, bro. I, I it's just, it's not gonna happen. They're too young. Um, you got Cat over here dropping eight points a game. Like, what the hell was that? Eight points last night? Eight points? Are you kidding me? We in Minnesota now? We have eight points. 
I don't know what happened to him. He hasn't been shooting that much at all in the past two games. Uh, he hasn't been aggressive. And, yeah, I don't – I just – I don't know, man. Minnesota, the, the team in general, is they're, – they're a good, fun team to watch. But uh, I think come playoff time, we saw it last night, blowing 25-point leads, one in the first half and then one in the second half. Uh, it's, it's quite embarrassing. But, uh, yeah, I, the Grizzlies are going to win the series. They're moving on to the next round. Josh said don't switch on him. Don't switch on the Grizzlies now, so I'm not going to. So I'm sticking with the Grizzlies. They're going to win this series. But we'll see what happens against the uh, Warriors next round. Yesterday was inexcusable, bro. That cannot happen. Uh, I've like two twenty. Like it was not just twenty. It was twenty five. It was twenty six and then twenty five. Like that is insane. Um, ja didn't even have that great of a game. I thought he was. He played really well. Uh, distributing the ball um, to like Bain and their shooters. Um, Brandon Clark was awesome. Um, they just. It was just a collective effort. Um, Tyus Jones had some good buckets. Um, they just they just grinded it out both times and twenty one zero run Chris Finch and you're not gonna call a timeout that's ridiculous I like if they can't if they can't stop a ten zero run like and you don't call a timeout how are you gonna like I just don't get it like you have to stop the bleeding bro if they can't figure it out after like eight to ten points you gotta call a timeout and make some changes um, that was bad coaching on his part especially with the young team um, but cap man. He lost my. You are number one pick. He lost my respect this season. Yeah, yeah. You are number one pick, still committing the same stupid fouls you were committing your first year. I saw in game two, this dude takes a three, like literally steps to the right one step and sticks his leg out to try to draw the foul, and he gets called for an offensive foul when he had two fouls already in the second quarter. Like, like some of the stuff he does is so frustrating. Probably. One of the most frustrating, frustrating, good players in the league. Um, three out of four shots and thir- like four shots you're taking in 33 minutes when your team is like struggling um, to hold on to a lead. Just taking like jump shot after jump shot, not getting to the rim. You're not gonna. You're the biggest dude on the court, and you're not gonna go to the rim. Um, and you're talking trash in the second quarter on on the mic'd up. One of the worst mic'd up um, just overall games I've ever heard from a player this dude's talking about we in minnesota now it, we in minnesota he telling he's telling anthony edwards don't force like bro he's literally the best player on your team bro like come on now I, like it's just embarrassing um and then his press conference after talking about next question when they're quite like it was a valid question like why did you take four shots you're like the best shooter you self-proclaimed the best shooting big man ever taking four shots as the biggest person on the court, like that's ridiculous and not answering to it. And then uh, answering the next question about like, how are you going to pick your team up after such a like demoralizing loss talking about, Oh yeah, I'm gonna go home and drink some wine. Like, bro, like you're the like quote unquote franchise player. You're a number one pick. You got to be better than that. You got to give better answers than that. This is a playoffs, man. You got to step up. Um, it's so disappointing. And I definitely lost a lot of respect for him yesterday. Um, and, I mean, the Grizzlies, credit to them, um, Bain, Clark, Anderson, like, their depth is huge. And I think yesterday with Ja not playing as well as he usually plays, it uh, it really helped because all their guys really showed out. And um, they're just a very well-coached team and a very gritty team. And they, they pulled it off and got to give credit to them. I think they're going to win this series in probably six. Yeah. Cat might be the softest superstar I've seen in my life because 
as a superstar status, bro. If, if it was me and I'm the number one player, you know, I'm taking more than four shots in 33 minutes of action. It's crazy you only took four. I mean, you gotta you gotta put the mentality on. You gotta go in that killer mode. And he he didn't do it. You know, there's no reason you should blow not one, but two 20 plus point leads. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, Chris Smith, you have to call some out. I mean, a ten run, okay, all right. Let's try to you know steal some of the momentum, shut it down because this is gonna keep on happening. Clearly, something was going on that they figured out and they're gonna keep doing it. I don't know why he didn't do that, but it's, it's all happened. It caused them to lose by. They were up twenty six. They cut it to like four or something like that. Yeah, they cut it to like six or seven or something. Yeah, and they went back up by twenty and lost by nine. I mean, yeah, they're a young team, but. Cat's been in before. D'Lo been in before. D'Lo played a great game. Uh, Edwards is young. But Cat, you've yeah, been in before. Yeah, he's 20, bro. He's 20. Yeah. Cat, you've been in before. You've been on this stage. You've been in the stage in college. You have to know how to close out big games by now. You've been playing basketball your entire life. And you can't do it by now. I don't know if you're ever going to be able to do it. I don't know if you can do that number one. Like, you can turn to and uh, close it out. So, but this, this game, go ahead. No, I just say he complains so much, bro. Like he does. some of his oh. some of his calls are like clear fouls, and he's just complaining and like throwing like childish tantrums on the sideline. Like, bro, grow up. Yeah, but I think that I think that game just showed how valuable depth is in the playoffs for real. Xavier mm-hmm. um, Tillman, Dylan Brooks, uh, Zaire Williams—they have they have guys for days. They have bodies to throw people. And Clark, man, he's tough. Yeah, I mean, one player not having the, having the day, all to the next, and you and you have faith in that guy to be that next guy up. So, mm-hmm. John was shooting, wasn't shooting well. He put up a triple double, but still, you know, got stuff for that plate to score the ball, and they did it. And you saw the results. The Grizzlies had a greater comeback in their franchise. I want to say, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. The Timberwolves, the Timberwolves had their greatest collapse. So, twice. <laughs> Twice in, twice. twice in the same game. Crazy, bro. Terrible. Crazy. Um, moving on now, we got to head back east. Uh, got to talk about the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, coming into the series, I thought the Hawks would pull off. You know, I didn't think they would win, but I think they'll push the Heat to the limit. I just, I, I just, we're watching some grown men play, bro. <laughs> straight put it out. Straight put it out best. He says, grown men versus some kids. And it kind of looked like that in games one and two. The Heat just looked like a much more physical team. The, Jimmy Butler dropping 45. Um, like 12 dunks. Yeah, he's he's stepping up to the plate. Trey Young, and, I mean, listen, he's doing as much as he can, but I'm not going to lie, bro. Gallinari dropping two points. Two points, bro? Two points? Oh, six? What are you doing on the floor, man? Just don't play. Uh, I just, Dude, I... <laughs> Uh, DeAndre Hunter taking some stupid shots, bro. Six of fifteen from the floor. Kevin Ware is supposed to be the second option on this team. Three of ten. That Hawks team last that we saw last season that I thought were a bunch of dogs. They surprised me a lot beating the Sixers. Uh, they're getting pushed around. They look like a little bunch of a uh, bunch of little boys out there. And Miami is coming for heads because last year they got swept. They got embarrassed by Milwaukee in the playoffs. And I think this year they're not going like that. They're gonna prove a point, and they're taking it out on the Hawks right now. 
Um, I think the Hawks are going to win a game. I think they'll win tonight, but I think the series is going to end in either five or six, and Miami's going to win it pretty easily. Yeah, same here. I, it, it's literally just grown men versus boys at this point. They're just pushing them around. They know that it's the playoffs, and they can get away with a lot of more contact than they usually can, and they're trapping Trey all the time. Um, like, he obviously, game one, he was terrible, but I think he was fine in game two. Uh, he's got to clean up those turnovers, though, because a lot of those were just him making – it was just bad ideas, like lazy passes. So he's got to improve on that. I think they'll win tonight, but um, they just don't have the horses at this point. Um, Collins is coming off injury, no Capella. Um, obviously, Gallinari, two points. Uh, Bogey is, like, their only, like, consistent role player at this point. Um, so, and obviously their defense is just not the same without Capella. Uh, Butler just had, I think he had the easiest 40, 45 point playoff game ever I've seen. Cause I, all I saw him doing was getting dunks and layups <laughs> to whatever spot he wanted. Um, I think Kyle Lowry's played really well defensively and I think they're, they're, they're coming for us. I think it's over five. They won Milwaukee next. They, they just won Milwaukee, bro. That's like, yeah. They're going to get the Sixers. That's what they're gonna do. Oh, uh, this this Hawks team, they're not winning this series, bro. I hate to say it. Trey, you're a great player, but I don't think the supporting cast is enough to get you past the first seed this time. Well, um, he needs to step up too, bro. He does. He said it. He's, 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 all right, bro. He, he needs to take, take care of the ball more. He's making some bad passes. He needs to stop, you know, chucking threes from the logo. Avoid the rhythm. We know you can. We know you can make it, but it's when you're in rhythm. You can't just be doing that from the get go. And it wasn't. It wasn't falling either. And kept shooting that shot. I think that all played into why they lost game two because they were up in the or in the first half. They were playing them well, and all of a sudden it turned for the worse. But honestly, from three, two. Honestly, the rest of this team, I don't think this supporting cast is good. John Collins, you don't know when you're gonna have him. And do you want him to be coming off an injury every time in the playoffs? They don't have Capella right now. Uh, hey, same as he was last year, honestly. Last, <laughs> like, this team was looking, was looking good last year. Like, they're making the shots, and now you're struggling for someone else besides Trey and Bogey to score more than 15 points. Uh, it's, it's just not going to work against number one seed. Uh, Bam is playing great defense. Jimmy Bowie was cooking. Uh, Duncan Robinson had that anomaly in game one. But that's not happening again. So it's up to Trey to, you know, fix some mistake, mistakes this game. The Hawks are going to need him to be perfect. No one to win, have any chance to win the series. And, you know, he's a guy who can do it. Like, perfect, perfected from Trey can win the series. But do I think it's going to happen? I don't think so. I think yeah, I do. They, do. they ran into the worst possible matchup. Like, literally grown yeah. men as we were playing right now. And they're just yeah. a bunch of kids. So, <sighs> I think it's going to be – I want to change my pick from my – it's gonna be heat and uh, unfortunately seven, maybe six. Seven is yeah. I, I was gonna go Hawks originally in seven, but yeah, this is not even gonna happen, bro. Uh, maybe, maybe maybe five. <laughs> exactly. Um, moving on now to uh, another surprising series: uh, Sixers and Raptors. A lot of people came into this series thinking it's gonna be very tight, very close. Which, if you look at the games, like game three specifically, it was pretty tight. But games one and two, the Sixers absolutely dominated the Raptors. Uh, I think we were sleeping on James Harden a little bit. I know he's not having, like, crazy performances, but he's playing his role. He's playing within his role. Uh, 22 and 14 in game one. 
Um, I believe he fouled out game three and beat steps up to the plate. And I, I mean, James Harden is, I mean, he's not putting up his numbers, but he, he gets his passes in. He's, he's setting up his teammates. And the Sixers just look like the better team, plain and simple. Um, nobody expected the Raptors to win this series. I did expect them to keep it close. Game three, that was the nail in the coffin. And beat hitting that game winner, it was kind of like that Kawhi uh, game seven, just dagger ending the series because this series is over. Um, I think the Raptors will win one game coming up um, tomorrow, but they're going to get whooped. And, uh, yeah, I just think Embiid is just a man on a mission. He's, he wants to get to the conference finals at least this season. This is the best opportunity to do it. Um, the Raptors have no answers. They just have no answers. Uh, Nick Nurse is a great coach, but this this Raptors team, they need a superstar. And I know they have um, – I mean, they have <laughs> – they have a good, a lot of young pieces and good players, but they just don't have that superstar yet. Uh, Precious Achatua, I forgot. I'm going to pronounce that. Achua? Achua. He missed some very crucial free throws that basically put the game um, into overtime because they would have won this game. But unfortunately, that uh, listen, this is just a bad sign of things to come. The Raptors have dealt with some bad luck in the past. I mean, and this is this is a. It's revenge for the for the um for the Hawaii series. So I th- I think the Sixers are gonna win this very easily. Um and they're gonna move on comfortably and uh take on the Miami Heat and that real dog fight. That's gonna be a real dog fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if there was any game the Raptors were gonna win, it was that one. The Sixers didn't play well at all. They had I think twenty turnovers and Embiid, man, that's the MVP. Um that I I mean clutch shot, yeah. Some of the shots he took, people had problems with, but they've been making it really hard for him to get the ball. Obviously, Harden wasn't in the game um, at the time in overtime, um, fouled out. Um, I don't know what that man was doing in the fourth quarter, man. He did not have a good end of the game. He's been playing well, though. He's been playing relatively yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Like, facilitating and stuff, He he's he's become a really, really good facilitator. Um, he's been getting Maxi in his spots, like Tobias, everyone. So facilitator-wise, he's been fine, but I think he's going to have to step up into that, you know, the James Harden we know at least from – at least like last year Brooklyn version of James Harden if they want a shot at beating the Heat and winning the title. Um, but Embiid has been sensational. Um, the Raptors, they just don't have enough. They don't have enough size. Everyone's too small for Embiid. He can overpower them anytime he wants if he gets a one-on-one matchup. Um, no Scotty Barnes. I think he's their best player, honestly, and that hurts not having him. I don't think he's going to come back for the rest of the series. So I think this is going to be over in four. Um, good luck next year, Raptors. I think they have a lot of young talent, but just not enough right now. Like you're, when your stars show up in the postseason, it's hard to beat um, a team when you don't have like the the superstar talent yourself. So yeah, this one's going to be over pretty quick. Hello. Is Kenny on the line? Yo, I thought it, I thought it was glitching or something. He went I dead guess, silent. I, all right, I guess Kenny's not here. Uh, we're gonna move on to the last series that we're gonna talk about out in the East. Got to talk about the Bulls and the Bucks. Um, game one. I thought that was how the rest of the series was gonna go down, but the injury to Chris Middleton in game two really changed the dynamic of the series. I still think the Bucs are going to win this very comfortably. 
Um, but it's gonna be harder than they thought. It's gonna be a little bit longer. I think I'm worried for the Bucks in the next series mm-hmm. when they play the Celtics uh, without Middleton. I think Middleton will win this in seven. He'll probably be out for games one or two. Um, that's a huge loss because their closer right now is gonna be Drew Holiday. They need Chris Middleton. They need him badly. Uh, Demar Rosen dropped 41 in game two after having an abysmal, like let me say, abysmal performance in game one. Um, I think the Bucks are gonna finish this off in six or seven. Um, I think the Bucks are gonna finish this off in six or seven. But it's gonna be a lot harder. It's gonna be a lot harder. Yo, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, like I was saying, uh, I think the Bucks are gonna win this in six or seven. The real test is going to be against either Boston or Brooklyn because without Chris Milton, that's at least 20, 20, 20, 20 to 25 points a game um, that he's dropping the play. They need him. He's their playoff closer. I know I had my doubts on Chris Milton last year, but the Bucks desperately need him. Um, they probably won't need him against Chicago, but in the later series, 1,000%. It's a little MCL sprain, um, so that's a little bit concerning. And, yeah, I, I don't know. The Bucks they're teetering a bit if they don't have, if they don't have Chris Milton, but I think Giannis can still – win the series easily by himself and him and Drew Holiday. But uh, going forward, it's going to be a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, they might lose tonight. I don't know if they're going to have Bobby Portis back. First playoff game in Chicago in a while. Um, that home crowd is going to be up for it. And obviously, there's not going to be Milton either. They might lose tonight, but I think they're going to close it out in six. Um, I believe in Giannis. I think he's the best friend in the world. So I think he's going to be able to figure it out. I think Drew Holiday is going to step up. Didn't have a great first two games. Um, especially offensively. Um, so I think he'll step up and he'll they'll do just enough to get by the Bulls in six. But props to Caruso, man. He played some good defense on Giannis. Uh, he had no help. Um, on the They were not helping him. They were not doubling. Um, and I think he played really good defense on Giannis in the fourth quarter. Um, that was a really gritty win for them. Obviously, DeRozan had a great game. Booch was hitting his jumpers. And Levine, I think he had some timely buckets for them. So um, that was a good win for them. Um, but I think Giannis is going to figure this thing out. Um, I'm concerned for them not having Middleton moving on to later rounds, whether it's the Bucks or, or whether it's the Celtics or the Nets. Um, I think they really need a scoring because they don't have that, like a, like a Lou Williams type of player, like a, a good six man who just a microwave score. They don't have that on their team. I think, you know, maybe if they had DiVincenzo, that might've helped because he, he can create his own bucket. I don't know if, um, Connaughton and Grayson Allen and obviously Wes Matthews, I don't think they're capable of doing that on a consistent basis. Um, so they're going to have to find scoring somewhere. I think they got to try and see what Ibaka's got left in the tank because um, Portis is not there. And But I think they'll figure it out to win this first round. I don't know about the championship anymore um, unless Middleton can come back soon in the next round. Yeah. Um, like, everything you guys just said, this Bucks team, I think Giannis is good enough where he can take these Bulls ball by himself with Drew Holiday and get the dub within six to five games, honestly. Uh, the props with DeMar DeRozan, you know, he shot terribly in the first game. And he said, I don't know what's going on, but I promise you, it's not going to go that next game. He came out, dropped 41, got the win. Um, honestly, that hurt. Little thing getting hurt. It's going to hurt the Bucks, But I feel like Giannis is a dominant force where it'll be okay. He can hold down the fort while he's gone. Um, Caruso has been missed by the Bulls a lot. And I feel like if the Bulls had Lonzo back too, this series is a different story. Yes, yes. It's a big story. Yeah, I mean, Caruso put, played a kind of D, honest. 
Look how many people the Lakers ruined, bro. Yeah, they just, the Lakers can't do anything. That's crazy. They had Caruso, they had Lonzo, they had B.I., all the guys going off. But, yeah. This, They're not patient, man. They're not patient. I don't know, but the Bulls team, it's a good one for them. And, you know, I can see him taking one in Chicago. I can see him taking one in Chicago. It just has to – Zach Levine and uh, the Russell need to go off. Mm-hmm. Bro, that game made me miss Caruso so much, bro. He was just making plays everywhere, offensively, defensively, Drop taking ten. charges and stuff. Hustle. Miss yeah. that man, bro. Yeah, you got to miss a lot of people, don't you? Yeah, I do. I miss KCP. I miss Kuzma. Miss- I miss JaVale. You know, I saw a thread the other day. I saw people on um on Twitter saying, oh, we're going to get Tatum next season. Y'all could have drafted him. Y'all could have drafted Jason Tatum. Um, yeah. It ruined him to his development, too. Like, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, This is that's going to wrap up our show this week. Thank you all for tuning in next week. We'll probably be talking about the second-round predictions. Uh, the first round would be over, but uh, unless there probably would be some game sevens here and there. But other than that, the second round should be underway. And, yeah, actually, fun fact, before I get off, um, the Bucks lost. Aaron Rodgers is also in tennis, so another playoff L for Aaron Rodgers, just saying. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, you had to. And, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up our show for today. We will see you all next week. Thank you all. Peace. Thank you, guys. Peace. Go Warriors.